to Connecting Citizens to Science, a podcast from the Liverpool School of Tropical Medicine about engaging communities in global health research. I'm Kim Ozano. And I'm Bea Eggard. And throughout this series, we'll be talking to researchers from around the world, exploring how they connect with people to address a range of challenges in global health. Hello, welcome to Connecting Citizens to Science podcast, episode three. Um, Today we are uh, building on our previous episodes. In episode one, we heard about a new toolkit that had a whole host of participatory research methods that researchers and communities could use across the globe to connect in research. And in the second episode, we heard about transect walks and social mapping. So we're looking at those methods in a little bit more detail. And today's guests are with me, and we will introduce them in a a moment. But we are going to be hearing about a really useful method called photo voice. And our guests today are from Liberia and Nigeria. Thank you very much, Kim. I'm very fine. And it's out here in Nigeria. I'm... My name is Akinol Wale, and um, I have a background in zoology, pastoral epidemiology, and in the recent times I've been involved in health system research, I'm trying to understand how we could uh, strengthen the system to be able to manage transmission and control of uh, entities. I'm happy to be in this neglected tropical diseases. Thank you. Thank you very much. Nice to see you again. Um, and today's guests are um, Tosin and Wede, and uh, you're going to tell us all about PhotoVoice. We're both very much looking forward to learning about that. Wede, would you like to tell us a bit about yourself? I'm Wede Leonisiki Tate. I work for the University of Liberia Pacific Institute for Research and Evaluation, and I'm working on a project called the Redress, meaning. Um, Reducing the burden of stigmatizing, severe stigmatizing skin diseases. And basically, we work with communities um, to help uh, from the HR perspective to empower them to help build their skills to be able to implement activities relating to the severe stigmatizing skin diseases. I have a background in public health and I've um, worked with the Ministry of Health through the World Health Organization to um, develop the master plan and strategy along with the budget and one-year operational plan for the Ministry of Health Neglected Tropical Disease Program. Thank you very much. Thanks, Wendy. It's great to have you here. Just to confirm, HR, was that human resources? Human resource management. Thank you, Kim. No problem. And it's lovely to see you here. Thank you. Tosin, can you tell us a bit about yourself? Okay, so thank you very much. Um, Tosin Adeke is my name. Um, I have a background in um, a master's in clinical psychology and then a doctorate in health psychology. Um, and besides that, I've done quite some work um, around neglected tropical diseases, um, particularly the um, community-directed interventions for health projects in Africa in 2010, and um, other projects around, other studies around general health, um, working with people with um, various um, kinds of um, diseases, particularly 
focused around uh, support groups, you know, to help such people um, find support for each other and um, help people um, help each other along whatever challenges that they have in that area. Um, I've done that with the Amadubilu University Teaching Hospital in Zaria, North Western Nigeria for the past 25 years. And um, I've done some partnering also with Sightsavers, you know, along those lines. So basically that's, that's what I've been about. Thank you. Thanks, Tosin. That's really interesting to hear such a range of backgrounds between our co-host and, and our guests today. And all of you have come together for this Photo Voice podcast. So I'm really interested to, to hear how these backgrounds lead you to a methodology that's um, so visual as well. Um, but Akin, uh, I will hand over to you for the, the first few questions. Thank you very much, Kim. So I will be asking questions about Photo Voice. You know? It is how we always think about photo is taking the side where you have ceremonies to have a memory. So this is about photo voice. Whether can you tell me more? Can you give us an, a brief overview of what your project is all about? Okay, thank you, um, Tosin. So at um, redress, the memory is reducing the burden of severe stigmatizing skin diseases. We used a participatory approach to understand and identify ways to improve equitable and effective care for people affected by the severe stigmatizing skin diseases like bully also leprosy, yours, lymphatic filariasis, and onchocerciasis. However, in Liberia, <coughs> it is thought that triple SDs, the severe stigmatizing skin diseases, are attributed to natural reasons. And as a result, the people who are affected often experience stigma, isolation, discrimination within their communities. And also because of the spiritual beliefs and influential, the spiritual beliefs are influential in determining where these people who are affected with the severe stigmatizing skin diseases seek treatment. Usually you find that in our context, they usually, um, visit the traditional healers, the faith healers, and the community health assistants and volunteers. And these people play strong roles in determining where they seek their support and how the uh, support for the severe stigmatizing skin diseases are handled within the communities. And they also um, have trust in these community health providers, which they usually work with. So in Liberia, that's how it is in relation to um, neglected tropical diseases, specifically severe stigmatizing skin diseases. So what I was saying is that how do you connect with the community with regard to this project in your context, in the context of Liberia? How do you connect? How do you relate with them? Okay, in relating with the community um, dwellers, I will look at trust as a key thing to consider in working with the community in our context. Um, we have to have mutual respect, respect for autonomy, avoidance of harm, because these people that you work with, basically you, we work within a semi-illiterate um, environment, so they tend to want to have that trust coming from 
the researchers and co-researchers so that they can be more relaxed in accepting your project and they will also give the best in, 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 in um, getting where you want to go in terms of your project, you're achieving your project goals. So considering this, I would look at from my country's context and experience, I would look at trust, which is very, very key to achieving your, pro- your project goals. I'll go to you, Tosi. Can you give us an overview of what your project is like in Nigeria? The project in Nigeria worked with um, people who had been affected by skin um, neglected tropical diseases. And what that meant, what that means is that um, beyond what you cannot see, they have you know, physical manifestations, you know, such as um, swelling, skin, you know, lesions, differences that, you know, people can see. And um, as a result, we wanted to understand how all of this translated to their experience in the community and um, how this affects their health and well-being. Now, we first looked at literature to understand what had been done um, with regards to health and well-being of um, people who had been affected by skin NTDs, you know, skin neglected tropical diseases, just like um, lymphatic filariasis, Brulee ulcer, um, uh, and, and remember that with all the swellings, difficulty in care, and all of that comes some kind of, um, some wounds, some smell, you know, and things like that. So we wanted to understand how, what's been documented around how all of this affects health, their health generally, and specifically, you know, looking at um, psychological health. And the literature, you know, gave us information around how a lot of these groups of people um, have to cope with things like anxiety. And when we're talking about anxiety, it's about not being able to go out, not being able to interact with people in the communities, you know, being stigmatized and, and looking at specifically at internal stigma that is them feeling there's something wrong with me and I'm not going out. And then external stigma around what people around feel about them. You know, so we had all of this documentation in literature telling us that um, there is depression amongst these people. There is anxiety amongst these people. But then we wanted to understand how that translates into daily living experience which is why the project now used a photo voice, you know, to help them describe in their own words, by pictures, how living with skin neglected tropical diseases impacts on their everyday life. And we looked at every aspect of their lives, you know, looking at interaction with people, looking at caregivers, looking at um, 
activities within the community, looking at livelihood, you know, looking at healthcare accessibility, you know, uh, and looking at how all of this affects impacts on them and how that affects how they uh, affects their health and well-being in general. So in other words, you're looking at people that are already experiencing stigmatization to understand how they live and how that affects their everyday living. Interesting. So can you tell me what are the key considerations in interacting with this group of people as regards your project? Okay, so first of all, we want first of all we wanted to look at people who were living who had been living in a community over a period of time. You know, they are residents there. Secondly, we also needed to uh, see uh, work with people who already had had to live with these skin entities over a period of time because that tells us, you know, that tells us a story. And then also we needed to consider critically the fact that they can tell us the story better than any other person with a goal in mind. We just didn't want to hear the story. We also wanted to be able to intervene at some point. And we didn't want an intervention that was determined primarily by implementers. We wanted an intervention that was grounded by the people themselves who would be able to say, this is how I would want to be supported based on my experience, based on where I live, based on my understanding. So primarily it was to use an approach that sees the people who are living with skin neglected tropical diseases as the primary drivers of telling their story and designing how they wanted to be helped. Whilst at the same time, working with the program, the people who are saddled with the responsibility of driving the program to be able to say, um, this is what help that we can provide. So basically it's about them and about what they can do, what they want to do and how they want it done. And then in partnership with their caregivers and then the uh, uh, implementers go saddled with that responsibility. So let me ask, that's good. What do you, if to interact with this group of people, what must, do, what must one put in mind or what would you need to do to ensure that you need to connect with them? Now, to be able to connect properly, uh, 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 it's the first thing we did was to have the people living with skin entities also as what we refer to as co-researchers. Now, that's a big word, but let me explain what that means. Yeah. That simply meant that the, in carrying out the study, the people living with skin entities were also a part of the investigative process. So it's not the typical come from outside, do your research and go. We had them on the team of researchers, which meant that whatever training the researchers had, they were also part of that training. Whatever study design, the way 
we wanted the study to be carried out. They were an integral part of that process. When it came to the training on photo voice, the researchers and co-researchers were trained at the same time, and then the co-researchers delivered the training to other people who were, had been affected by skin-neglected tropical diseases. And I say very quickly that that proved a key connecting point because for the people in the community to see members of their own community who were also, who also had the same skin-neglected tropical diseases as them, conducting a training that really helped that emotional and psychological connectivity. So you hear people say, wow, he's a part of you. You know, and that helped them to, that helped their cooperation, that helped the openness, that helped improved communication, that helped um, whenever we had meetings, they were all at those meetings regularly. And at some point, a lot of the participants were able to say, for the first time, we have some people, we have people who have accepted us for who we are. You're not covering your nose. You are not giving us a distance, but all of that was possible because the co-researchers who are people with skin entities were like intermediaries between the core research team and the people affected. So it helped to bridge that gap. Wow. Very interesting. So what I'm hearing from both sides, even from Liberia, you talk about the fact that there's need for trust to be able to connect with people who are you know, affected with skin entities. And from Nigeria, they need to identify someone within their community who they can identify with, which help them to build trust and openness to be able to connect with you. This is really wonderful, and I, I really appreciate that. Uh, at this time, I will need to hand over to Kim. We'll take you through the next set of questions. What you, Kim? Thanks very much, Akin. It's really wonderful to, to, to hear all these words come out and trust and community and co-researchers. It's really connecting researchers with community in quite a strong way. So we're going to get into the crux of photo voice as a method now. And Wede, I'm going to come to you now, Wede. Could you talk us through the process? What is photo voice? So I think this is a very useful process. We should be able to use the photos to be able to speak about what people experience at the community level, in the communities, at the facility, to tell a real story about the experiences with triple STs. For the photo voice method to be able to understand, first of all, how to use a camera. Now, we provided them with simple cameras with batteries. Now, we did that because, uh, especially uh, um, batteries that could be recharged, rechargeable batteries, you know, and disposable, that were also disposable. We did that because of power challenges in this part of the world. So that if there were issues with the batteries, they could change them. And um, the first thing we got them to do was to be familiar with cameras, you know, take a photo, uh, understand how the different parts of a camera works, you know, get them to, to just handle the camera and get used to handling a camera. Now I must say at this point that there was quite some excitement, 
you know, for them, you know, uh, uh, getting excited about using a camera, taking a picture, and then going back to look at the pictures on the camera, you know, and, and seeing some of those pictures. So after that, we, after getting used to the camera, the next thing we did was to say, okay, so just go outside and take any picture, you know, and um, we just watch them take pictures. We ask them to tell us about those pictures, not yet anything related to health and well-being, you know, just to get them used to taking pictures. And then, you know, they just snap the picture. Oh, what does this mean? Why did you take this picture? By the time they got used to all of that, then we could now come and say, okay, now we want you to take photos that relate to your health and well-being, you know, um, and it could be anything. But then issues around uh, ethics and um, consent came up because um, you had to be careful about taking photos of young children, taking photos of people, other people um, who had not given consent, you know, um, then the kind of photos that you would take. And the, the whole idea was to really take photos of things in the environment, less people, but more things. You know, and um, if if there were going to be people within the photographs was to be able to say, OK, I, I would need to take this photograph. Is it OK for us to take that photograph? Uh, you know, and, and all of that. So they, they were also able to practice with that during the training and come back with those photos. And then for us to look at those photos and say, so what tell us about this photo? How does this relate to your health and well-being? You know, and um, they were able to describe some of those things. And at that point, we were now able to say, okay, you can now go to the community and um, take those photos. However, we also ensured that we paid periodic visits. After every three days, we would visit, you know, them in their communities, primarily to be able to look at the photos that they have taken, uh, uh, get them to talk about some of those photos and also to be able to take care of any problems that had come up, especially with the cameras. Because we had situations where, you know, after the first two days, some people had taken photos and somehow in fiddling with the camera, they had wiped off, you know, the photos that they had taken. So we were able to say, oh, something has happened here, you know, and be able to say, okay, so keep taking the photos and then that way, that helped us to be able to keep as many as the photos as we could. Now, at the end of two weeks, we now went with a laptop to be able to remove the photos from the um, SD cards, from the, uh, 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 the SD cards, and then have each person look at their photographs and say, these are all your photographs, so tell us about these photos. And um, we're going to have a focus group discussion at such and such a date. What photos would you want to bring to that focus group discussion for us to talk about? So each person selected their best photos. And um, for those who wanted to keep some of the photos of themselves, we also gave them the opportunity to say whatever photos you want to keep for yourselves, or you can also let us know. And then we had a printout of all of those photos. At the focus group discussion, we now had um, different groups. We had adult males, we had adult females, we had young males, we had young females, and then we had the caregivers. And all they did was to sit together in a circle, look at their photographs, 
describe what the photos were saying to them and then group them to be able to say, oh, uh, my photograph talks about the fact that I'm finding it difficult to go to the health um, um, center when I'm ill. And then another person has taken a photograph to say, oh, when I get there, I really don't get the kind of treatment that I would normally want to get. And then another person takes another photo oh, that says uh, the path to the health facility was quite difficult to walk on. And that discouraged me and I couldn't go. And then as we look at those three, four photographs, then we ask, you know, the participants, so what theme, what, what, what area, what do you think this is generally talking about? Now, remember that they are, all, they are co-researchers, so we're doing all of this together. We're not doing it separate as scientists. We're doing it together with the people who have been affected by skin NTD. So they were able to come up with um, the different themes. We had them on sticky notes. We wrote them out. Then we came back as researchers to say, okay, um, these are the themes that are emerging. These are the labels for these themes. And then went back to the community again to say, this is how we have refined this. This is how we have described it. What do you think? Is this okay? What do you, what else would you want to add? You know, all of that process, you know, went into uh, uh, all of that. And that's the first phase. Even at evaluation, they also took photographs of the changes they were seeing. Now, the, at evaluation, the photo voice at evaluation had to do with the uh, people who led the support groups, taking photographs of changes that had happened as a result of the intervention. And that gave us an idea of the impact of what the support group had had on the people on different parts of health and well-being of people affected by skin-neglected tropical diseases. Thanks, Tosin. Do you know, I'm thinking about our listeners and, and myself, and the first thing we spoke about is this is a stigmatizing disease. It's visual, it's visible, and you've chosen to use a methodology that is photographic, that uses image with a stigmatized population. Did you have any concerns about this? And what did it add that was different to maybe just doing interviews? It's a question whoever would like to speak to that. Wedi, would you like to? or? Yes. Like I mentioned um, earlier, um, having these people being photographed, they themselves, because of the stigma they, that is associated with their conditions, they themselves feel so, so very embarrassed. And then you have to be able to work along with them, like I said, create that trust, right? That will make them more comfortable in, you know, working with you. Because most times they think that people use their photos for other things and publish them, especially um, with such a disease. So with that, we, ha we had to be very, very careful how we worked with them and we and the co-researchers, that was one of the key reasons because the co-researchers were also in a learning process. So we had to work closely with them to ensure that stigma is, is at its minimum during the, the entire photo voice process. Thank you. Tosin, would you like to come in on that? Yes. Um, the first challenge we had, and I'll just say it, I'll just, just describe a scenario. 
for the co-researchers, the training had to happen in Kaduna, which was a central place. And the first challenge, the, 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 the people um, who had been affected by stigmatizing neglected tropical diseases had was a place to stay. Now the hotel wasn't going to allow them, wasn't going to give them a room. And we had to step in to say, we're going to pay for these rooms. And they're saying, we, it's not about the money. It's about the fact that they're going to stain our bed sheets and it's going to create a problem for us. Now, how did that impact on the, 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 the mindset of the people? One of the co-researchers came up to say, I don't think I can do this. This is a problem that we face in the community all the time. And it's happening here also. So we had to, uh, incidentally, uh, uh, we had gone through some um, training on, um, um, okay, now the word is, <laughs> the word is not there. Uh, we had gone through some training, you know, with regards to all of this, safeguarding, yeah, safeguarding, you know, and so we had to, you know, talk him through it, you know, and just say that, well, your contribution to this research will go a long way also to help in this area. Now we had to also come in with the implementers and say, you need to help us with this. So we had to find a space in the office, you know, for, for him to stay. And by the following day, if by the time we had the training, you know, he was more, he was more at ease. But then the question arose that if we go around the community taking photos, they already see us as one kind. Then we're going around and we're taking photos. People are going to say, what are we doing here? You know, so again, we, we had to engage uh, 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 leaders in the community, you know, and implementers, you know, the neglected tropical disease implementers at the local government, you know, to say there needs to be some sensitization, you know, in the communities and to help the communities understand that they are conducting a research. Now that created some stare, you know, to say they can't be conducting a research because they are not enlightened. And we, were, and we had to now explain to them to say, they are the ones who are actually driving this research. So the stigma is real. It's also, like I said earlier on, it's external and it's internal. They struggled initially with having to take the photos uh, and the expectation of the community around them. However, by the time they began to take those photos, you know, people began to come around. That also created some kind of social stimulation. You know, it's like they felt important. You know, people were coming to ask questions, something that ordinarily wouldn't happen. You know, and they're saying, let's look at your camera. Wow, it's a red camera. It's a pink camera. What, what are you doing with this? Oh, you're taking photos. Why are you taking these photos? You know, and then they were able to explain to people, oh, this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. Uh, and, you know, that, that, that also helped to ease that tension. So, yes, that stigma was there, but the process also helped, you know, ease them in the communities. Thank you. I think that's brought out a lot of important issues to consider when using photo voice as well with a, a, a community who is already stigmatized. Um, so, Wede, how did your participants feel once they'd gone through the photo voice activity? Did they enjoy photo voice? Did they get a lot from it? Yes. 
So this was the first, very first time participating in a photo voice research, right? So they were quite excited. And especially in the end where we had the, the, the group meeting in the end, where they had to select the photos, uh, explain them, they became excited and they, they saw it all coming together to be able to talk um, uh, uh, highlight the real story about their communities and about their work. Akina, I will hand back over to you for the last two questions. Thank you very much, Tim. So, um, Tosi, I would like you to give us in very quick words, how did this method help people connect and partner with your research? Okay, so the photo voice took place amongst, was carried out by people who uh, had been affected by skin NTDs. But then it helped to connect partners at both, implementing partners at both the local and the state and the national level because we had what we call an exhibition meeting at some point. And at that exhibition meeting, um, we had participants, that's people affected by skin neglected tropical diseases, talk through their photographs like you would do during a research um, photo exhibition. You know, and um, what they did was to stand by their stand by the big poster and just talk. Oh, this was my experience. This is what I was saying. This is how I felt. This is why I took these photos. And you had all these people listen to them. And I had overheard a director say, this is a very powerful advocacy um, um, kit because this sells the experience live. It's not, you're not describing something on paper. They're telling you as it is, and you are seeing the person live tell a story on the basis of his photo. So they were able to connect with it. And I must say also very quickly, that also helped when we came to designing the intervention, they were able to contribute to whatever the people who have been affected by skin neglected tropical diseases were planning to do to say, this is good, we can help you in so and so area. So they brought it out live. They were able to see it and they were able to connect with it and see how they could take it forward. At dissemination, quickly, they were also able to say, this is a method that we can go home with and also carry out to be able to do the same thing and implement interventions across other local governments where this study didn't take place. Wow, interesting. So Wede, how does it go in your own context? How, do you, how were you able to help people connect with using the photo voice with your research? So in our context, we had a dissemination meeting and we did something similar, similar like, um, um, Nigeria, where we had a dissemination, we had these huge banners with the photos and the inscriptions, and they were able to explain about the pictures to the audiences, and they were quite impressed. And um, you could you could hear uh, 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 um, something like, 
they, they provided the photo voice provider deeper awareness of the challenges that people affected with the severe stigmatizing skin diseases are faced with, particularly the social impact occurring because of the stigma and discrimination. And they found that it was also uh, good because the work were recognized and they were based on all of the difficulties they encounter in the communities, they were able to recognize the work. And the co-researchers, all of them as well, also appreciated the fact that they were able to be trained to, to, to take these photos and as well um, gain additional study and they were able to benefit from the benefit in terms of education with the photo voice. So they were quite appreciative of that work. So the exhibition is quite interesting and important because it sells out what the work that has been done. So it was quite interesting. Wow, wonderful. So in other words, Photo Voice was able to bridge the gap between the implementers and the persons affected who they need to, you know, um, bring their intervention to. Very interesting. Wede, do you have anything to add to that in giving advice to people that want to make use of Photo Voice as part of their methodology in participatory health research? Yes, so I would um, recommend considering um, key ethical issues in advance of your activity where you ensure that participants, like um, my Nigerian colleague said, um, at, are at the heart of the, the, the project and they are not marginalized through their participation and then avoiding power dynamics where people feel that they're more superior than the other. So that would be something I would highly um, um, highlight. That I also recognizing cultural diversity. Wow, wonderful. So what I'm hearing now, if you want to try to use a photograph, photo voice as a, as a methodology, one, you need to consider ethics, ethical issues, the sociocultural environment where you need to make use of this, and then you ensure that you engage the people affected early. And you also need to ensure the fact that you maintain, that you avoid power play. There's, um, you, may, you maintain, um, you ensure there's engagement of all participants. Wonderful, a good lesson to learn from there. So my last question, uh, which goes to both, uh, any of you can respond first. Okay, my question is, what more do you think researchers can do to be able to better connect with people and communities? in the issue of health research, in relating to health research? Okay, so in order to better connect, I, I think researchers need the, 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 like I said earlier on, it's a participatory method, and researchers need to be very careful around telling people what to do. It, it's that place of allowing people to say, this is what I'm comfortable with, this is how I want this done, and to understand from their perspective. Now, we did a literature search that led to all of this, but at some point we had to say, we want to understand your experience. This is now not about what the books say, this is what's happening in reality. And primarily to also adapt the method we had to do a lot of adaptation as we went on. 
Some of those things are written in books. This is one, two, three, four, five steps. But as we got to the field, we had to change some of those things to fit into the reality of the context in which we work in. And that's one key thing I would want people to go back with, to be able to say, look at the context and feel free to adapt after you have had conversations with your co-researchers to say, this is what we are comfortable with, this is what we can do, and I think the results would be much better. Yes. I would like to say that from our experience with the photo voice, I think it's to connect, be able to better connect with the people and communities, you have to consider your community entry. In considering your community entry, it leads you close to getting to the people's heart. Because take for example, if you just, with the context here, you cannot go to the community without meeting community leaders. Now that we are working with the health research, you have to engage the county health teams, which would lead you and be able to um, get the community together to be able to even get your core researchers. You will have to have to do good, efficient community entry. Entry. Other than that, you go to the community, you won't get your desired results because people would like ignore you. They won't want to even give you the information that you need. And again, I think I totally agree with Tosin, where you have to go for what the people want and not impose on them for what you want. Okay, excellent. So two key things I'm hearing here. One, you need to, for us to better connect as researchers with the community, we need to go, we need to understand the community entry. Very key. And secondly, we need to ensure that we allow, uh, we allow the involvement of context-specific findings, not influencing what will happen, or but allowing the people to, you know, express themselves, and so that we see context-specific solutions to issues or uh, challenges we are trying to solve with our research. Thank you very much, both. It has been wonderful talking with you. I will now hand over to Kim. We will wrap up the uh, the postcard. Thank you, Kim. Thanks so much. I've learned so much about photo voice and I just loved hearing about the way you've used it um, with people affected by severe stigmatizing skin diseases. So thank you for sharing. Um, for our listeners, uh, both of your project links will be in the blurb below. And if you have any examples you can share with us of um, the steps you took in the write-up for photo voice, we will put those links in the, the blurb below as well. So thank you so much for sharing with us. So just for our listeners, um, the next episode will be about um, GIS mapping in Bangladesh, and it will be uh, looking at how they did this remotely. And I think we'll be hearing again this term co-researchers. So um, I'm really looking forward to that, and I hope you'll join us for the um, next episode. Wedi and Tosin, thank you once again, and um, we look forward to reading more.